how many times have people asked you to say this a reminder? <laughs> First off, nobody outright asks me to say it. What happens is somebody tells somebody, like you're in a spot and then somebody's like, oh, this is my guy Dave, you should meet him. Matter of fact, he's the voice in the beginning of Cozy, you know? And then they're like, wait, what? <laughs> no, you're not. And I'm like, this a reminder. And they're like, <gasps> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> to the Almanac of Rap, the show that knows that the show must go on. My name is Don Will, and I'll be your host for the series. Today's episode is all about hip house, and we'll be talking to Dave Giles II about Chicago's role in creating the genre, and ironically enough, how it relates to drill rap. Dave is a vocalist slash songwriter from Chicago who was recently featured on Beyonce's record-breaking album Renaissance. We'll jump into that conversation soon, but first, I gotta kick the ballistics. When you hear the term hip house, you probably think of the late 80s, flat tops, and possibly voguing. Because genres get gentrified too. But what you probably don't think about is just how much fun the subgenre was. By design, it was pure party music, and that meant it was best enjoyed live. Now, if you don't know what hip house is, it's a genre that started in Chicago by an artist named Fast Eddie. Back in 1988, he merged house music beats with funk and soul samples, and MCs like Tyree Cooper, Mr. Lee, and Cool Rock Steady were the first to pair rhymes with them. With house music serving as its foundation, dancing was an integral part of enjoying this subgenre. This new style of rap made waves worldwide and had a massive impact in a very short period of time. For a few examples of hip house, check out these tracks. Fast Eddie, Hip House 89. Yo party people, get ready for this. This is a serious song, they can't be missed. It's not hip hop or hop hip, it's hip house. Get ready, cause I'm about to turn it out. Let the acid take control of your mind, your body, your soul. One. Girl, I'll house you by the Jungle Brothers. Check this out. I'll house you, don't you know? I'll house you, don't you know that? I'll house you, you and my husband. Don't you know that? Coming to my house by Queen Latifah. As the genre matured and gained popularity, it was eventually absorbed into pop and dance music as evidenced by songs like Groove Is In The Heart and damn near everything CNC Music Factory made. Because again, gentrification happens in music too. 
Now this was in the late 80s when rap was still finding its voice and fighting to be taken seriously. So the party vibe of the music also made it an easy target for other rappers to take aim at. Most notably, KRS-One in the battle of KRS-One versus KRS. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are you know who KRS-One of Boogie Down Productions is. And if not, just know that he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. My Philosophy is one of the best rap songs ever recorded. And the music video is one of the best ever too. Period. And at the same time, there was another rapper in Chicago making hip house music under the name Cool Rock Steady. Wait, wait, I, I, I thought you said the other rapper was named KRS-2. No, no, the other rapper is KRS-1. Wait, what? Huh? I'm confused. Anyway, in an interview, KRS-One said that Cool Rock Steady was diluting the purity of hip-hop with house music. And as you can imagine, that didn't make Cool Rock Steady too happy. Now, I honestly think that KRS-One had a problem with Cool Rock Steady's initials being KRS, which is the same as KRS-One's name. But what do I know? He may have actually just not liked hip-house as a subgenre. Oh, okay. Cool Rock Steady's initials are KRS. Dog, you gotta stop interrupting me or we'll never get through this. But that's what I'm here for. You know that I'm you, right? Yeah, fair. Aside from a PDF of an old Spin Magazine article that mentions KRS-One's remark, there's no hard evidence of the comments that he made. But the diss track that those comments inspired is still up on YouTube for your enjoyment. Here's a taste of You Ain't Nobody by Cool Rock Steady. How do you feel about KRS-One? KRS who? Yo, he ain't nobody. What's your part? You ain't got no part. Garris one, you ain't got no heart to diss me in my face so that I could bruise it. I heard you saying you don't like hip house music, but yo, this is true hip house. Without hip hop, I'm still on top. Cool Rock Steady's on the MIC, but I'm not out to diss the whole BDP. Just one sucker claiming to rule the party. Garris one, you ain't nobody. The video was filmed in Chicago, and it's a true relic of its time complete with a posse of homeboys, high top fades, fur coats over sweatsuits, and stretch limos. On the song's outro, Cool Rock Steady talks about the lasting power of hip house and how he thinks that KRS-One fears it'll overtake hip hop as a genre. While this never came to pass, the thing that did happen was that the name of the subgenre hip house has all but vanished from the present day hip hop lexicon. While the name may have faded, hip house is still being made and it's stronger than ever. Artists like Azalea Banks, Katranata, and today's guest Dave Giles II still carry the hip house torch today. But what happened to the literal name of the genre? Where did it go? What's it called now? I don't know if we'll answer that question today. It's part of a larger conversation about genre and possibly race that we'll have later in the season but at least we'll start the conversation somewhere. So for now, let's talk to Dave Giles II to get a little more context about hip house and Chicago's pivotal role in creating new subgenres of rap. Stand up, let me, stand up, let me see, stop. Dave, 
Babe, what's good, man? I'm good, bro. I'm so glad to be here, man. Yo, I'm happy to have you here. And off top, before we do anything, I want to congratulate you on that Grammy win, man. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It felt so good to see you win, man. If I ever needed to know that I was loved or that I was, you know, respected, that was truly a moment where it's like literally so many of, you know, I mean, my brothers and my sisters, you know what I mean? Made it a point to really share a very similar, you know, kind of idea, which is just that like my win felt like their win very naturally, very organically. And like they held it close, you know, literally the same way that you already know I did. And I think that just speaks to community building and just being solid, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've heard the song a million times, but what's been the funnest part of having like a song that is so widely recognized and popular man um my kids Mm. their pride like yeah they are so proud you know and that you know that's something that has been so satisfying you know um man i bet it is that's that's truly beautiful man i'm very proud of you g all right so let's go back to where it all started you're a chicago native Yep. The birthplace of house music and hip house. What were some of your earliest inspirations? Basically, in Chicago, house music, and this is speaking from the point of, you know, late 80s, early 90s. So basically, you know, I'm hip to what's going on on the radio as of probably like 89. Radio, like daytime radio, primetime radio, all of that. The interstitials, the bumpers were scored by house music. Your transitions mm. from, you know, whatever the like the new Dr. Dre record, you know, is and to into the next Jodeci record might have been a sponsor shout out over Ten City, I wanna give you devotion. Okay. You know what I mean? And so it was literally background music. It was front and center, you know, in the summer times, at the block parties, at the skating rinks even as hip hop was starting to kind of take over and become everything, you know, um, it was always there. There was a period that I can recall as a youngster where I'm seeing on the box, black box, everybody, everybody. And then, you know, uh, crisscross, you know what I mean? Like right behind it. I remember that. Yeah. It's it's just, just normal. And, and, And I would say the only thing that I probably remarked kind of thinking about where hip house comes in is noticing the difference in how the MCs approach their craft from like, <laughs> oh, okay, so on House, they rap like this, but on, you know, a hip hop record or a gangster rap record, they, they rap like this. Right. And I remember just understanding at that age, rap happens differently in each of these different subgenres, mm. but I never thought of, oh, that's house music, as if it was something that's over there. Right. I don't know, man. It, it, it just. It was definitely all one and the same, I think, coming from that area. Today's topic that I want to talk to you about is hip house and more importantly, Chicago's role in creating it. You've been carving a lane for yourself in this space for a very long time now. Yep. And as a Chicago native, your connection to the genre is Pretty obvious. Have you crossed paths with any of the Chicago pioneers and legends? Man, 
Mike Dunn was the first artist in that I would consider, I guess, to be in the hip house space that I didn't kind of, I told you, man, I was already identifying like the different depths of, of rap. And like, I understood the Jungle Brothers kind of floated in between. I understood that like, uh, you know, Q-Tip would do his his his, his uh, features and things like that. But you kind of had, you know, your tears of what, what these different MCs could do. And Mike right. Dunn to me was just, he was a different animal completely. It didn't feel like, oh yeah, this is this is this is the rapping that you do over house music. It was so raw. It was right. to me, it was rawer than hip hop. The only thing that could compete with that, in terms of rawness, was like a Luke record. You know what I'm saying? That's how I saw it. Okay. On this particular record, uh, you know what I'm saying? Freaky MF. Listen. Mm-hmm. Baseline filthy. Doom 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 doom. Doom, 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 doom. When you know it, you know it. You know what I'm saying? And you get about your seat. Undeniable record as it is. <laughs> yeah. And for the, for the uninitiated, you know, he's coming on there. A freaky MF is the type of brother that'll lick you from your neck to the back of your crack and get all the way down in between the gooch just like that. <laughs> and if he don't want to do it like that, he going to put some saliva on it, you know, like just yeah, going, yeah. <laughs> just going. And you know he didn't write a single word. It, it yeah. is the most simultaneously hip-hop and house moment, like, of my personal, you know, kind of uh, upbringing, musical upbringing. And then we're making the No Shade album, and, you know, Luke's like, yo, who do you want to work with? And I'm like, man, it'd be crazy to work with Mike Dunn. And they're like, say less. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. Shout out to Mike Dunn. That's That's... that's uh, like, like the athletes say, like, that's my vet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to be a freak, I don't but be a I freak. can't help myself. But I can't help it. Said we're some freaking motherfuckers. So, as a Chicago native, how familiar are you with Common's Resurrection album? Come on now. Come on. There's a song on the album, on Common's Resurrection album, called Nothing to Do. And he dedicates a few bars to the landscape of Chicago's party and club scene in the 90s. Yep. And there's one specific part of the song where I don't know what he's saying. And I don't know if you were outside back then or you got stories <laughs> from outside, but I need you to help me with this quote. All right. The lyric goes, <laughs> live is how the sets used to be at the racket, ball club with music by Andre Hatchett, or either beat by Ferris in them country club parties. It would be hot as hell and house studs would yell, what do they yell? Like, oh, I hear him say, everybody. <laughs> I don't know what he's saying in that part. And it drives me nuts because I can't rap along to it. It's like a house chant <gasps> that happens. There. So I, I know what you're talking about. And I'm mad now because I'm like, I want to play the track. Um, that is, it's before my outside era. I figure, yeah, yeah. Because Com's a little older than us both. Yep. Um, at that point, I had to go off of what? What okay. I heard on like BMX, you know, when they would like uh, record the live sets from the parties, you know what I'm saying? Like on the radio, basically. Oh, but so in that same song, right after that, he says, Sawyer's I would go there. Hip hop clubs were so rare. I used to like the music anyway, and it was always hoes there. Yep. Once again, I know that you just told me you weren't really outside back yep. then because Com's a little older, but... Do you recall there not really being spaces for black people to party in Chicago? Chicago absolutely had its share of clubs and it's had its share of black owned clubs. But the reality is, especially in those days for hip hop and for house, 
you basically had like converted venues. Like this is during the day, this is a banquet hall, but it's turned into the Friday night, you know what I'm saying? Spot, uh, like that kind of thing. So uh, when he talks about Sawyer's, you know, you, you had spots like Mr. G's and like Mr. G's was a banquet hall, but like Mr. G's mm. literally had Jukematic 2000, you know, <laughs> going on on a Saturday night, you know what I mean? And it, me and my sister are nine years apart in age and it would be like, oh, y'all going to Mr. G's, huh? You know, or like, oh, y'all going to the rink, huh? Like the, the venues were the same, yeah. you know what I mean? But these venues mm. were never really traditional clubs in that sense. Um, they were kind of these like, you know, converted spots that were basically black businesses that essentially had space, real estate, and, you know, probably decent sound systems. You know what I mean? Do the gangsters in Chicago dance? Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't speak for post-drill. Post-drill, I have no... Um... Listen, me and you are both. Post-drill, we are inside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the funny thing because when I was coming up, the part of Chicago that I'm in, you know, the least that I'm from, you know, South Side, but specifically the East Side, um, you know, a lot of the parties, you know, at like the South Side Y or again these kind of rec center parties and things like that, a lot of them happen in this Southeast Side area. Okay. When you get to the drill moment, right? You get to talking about Inglewood and O Block and you know all of that. Same exact area. Wow. Literally, like it makes sense. And I don't I don't know why, like you just blew my mind so much <laughs> with that little factoid, but wow. All of that it, <laughs> it goes to show you what is in the water. You know what I'm saying over there? It's like all of those things yeah. can exist. You know, the the joy, the willingness to party, to dance, to bring folks together, and to, you know, manifest your trauma the way you do. I I, I literally just watched a video, a YouTube video with Lotto that twerking on the on the hood of a car on my auntie's block. <laughs> this is like I don't know some new song Mouse Tool or something and I'm like oh yeah that's Auntie Cookies wow so <laughs> that's crazy you know people wa waving their K's <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yo it's so interesting to think that everything is being retrofitted onto the same locations like the spots that used to cater to hip house are the spots they drilling at now and that's like yeah it's just crazy for me to think that the same incubators are cultivating the talent in the city. It speaks a lot to, you know, and this, this is a, a phrase that, you know, my wife has kind of really made resonate for me, but our ability to facilitate joy and grief and, and to wear them both well or to, you know, live in light and live in dark, right? And still wear it well, you know, and still shine bright to other people and reflect, you know, onto other people. And, and I say that people, not necessarily just Chicagoans, but literally like black folks, you know what I mean? People, communities of color who are navigating oppression. You know, the, the, the no jumpers of the world don't talk about this kind of stuff, but there was basically a period that coincided with like the Ida B. Wells projects being torn down and Stateway Gardens and a number of the large, massive projects, you know, even on down to eventually Cabrini yeah. being torn down. And when that happened, the responsible redevelopment strategy, 
was we're going to take a group and we're going to put them over in some affordable housing, like single family unit homes, you know, so not typical buildings, but like just essentially like houses on a block um, that are still government subsidized. And we're going to put them over here or in this apartment building that's government subsidized in a completely different community that ain't got nothing to do with the one that they just got torn, that was just torn down. And so what ended up happening, which naturally it's essentially, it's like, you know, you take a, a BD set from the whales and you move them, <laughs> you know, to uh, a vice lord block. Like, again, wow. And low key, it was like a lot of this stuff happened in a summer. And I personally remember those summers of like 06, 07, 08, leading into what becomes the moment when we transitioned into everything drill. Those summers, it was like, you know, I'm getting a call. Hey, you know the you know the ice cream truck just got blown up today, or hey, you know it's uh, they just cut the power grid tonight, and you know heard some gunshots, and then they came back on. Like it's like the stories were wild, like city of God type stories that you know you're getting from home, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, holy shit. you know Chief Keith and Reese and them got all the guns in the apartment, and it's like it made perfect sense. In my mind, like the projects being torn down was like it was like a very intentional Katrina damn near. Mm-hmm. It's just like it, it eradicated an entire neighborhood and it forced people to relocate, you know? Yep. That shit is crazy to think about because there were hundreds of people who yep. had nowhere to go or had to go wherever they... Had to go wherever. Yep. Had to go wherever. And I mean, I'm telling you, the spikes, those are, coming out of that, those are those summers where you started seeing us on the news all, you know, all the time. And Barack, how do you feel about the fact that a thousand people just got shot this Saturday? Like... You know, all of that, like, that was that era. The music is a reflection of that. Damn, you just drove some shit home. I'm just saying, the music is a reflection. <laughs> but And like Kendrick say, but we gonna make it look sexy, right? So, <laughs> so that's how it becomes, you know, the Brooklyn and UK and all of this. Like, no, you're wrong, baby. No, you're wrong, fake baby. niggas, fake niggas. Yeah. Don't like, like, don't like, like, a snitch, nigga. That's that shit I don't like. If you had to make up a new genre name, if you had to come up with a fresh genre name for your style of music, what would you call your genre of music? House raps. House raps? House raps. To me, house raps sits in dance, electronic, whatever they want to do with that. It sits in hip hop and it sits in pop. What makes hip house special is that if all hip hop comes out of the genesis of the Jamaican, you know, toast tradition, um, you know, rocking the party or the West Indian, you know what I'm saying? Party rock tradition. If it all comes out of that, c- compared to what hip hop is now, hip house is actually the most direct, I guess, uh, lineage to that. Absolutely. So, so house raps, house raps it is. Yep. House raps. Thank you so much for sitting down, man. And then dealing with the technical difficulties with all me. Good. I, I feel like I learned a lot about Chicago, a lot about good hip house, and just a lot about you, man. I really enjoy catching up with you, G. Yes, sir, man. Likewise. Love you, brother. Once again, shout out to the homie Dave Giles II. Be sure to visit his website to learn more about him, his group Dave and Sam, and all the other cool stuff he's got going on. In the show notes of this episode, you can find links to all of his info, as well as a list of 10 Chicago house songs to check out if you want to get more familiar with the genre. 
The Almanac of Rap is a working creative production. The show is written by me, Don Will, with music provided by Von P. of Tanya Morgan. Be sure to stop by donwill.me backslash AOR to check out past episodes, sign up for our newsletter, or just drop us a line. And that's it for today. But before we go, here's a clip of Hip House pioneers Tyree Cooper and Fast Eddie trying to get a consensus on what to call the competing subgenres of rap that popped up around the same time as Hip House. It's a lot, a lot of ways you can explain Hip House. And like I say, what our competition is doing is not Hip House. They're doing uh, house rap. That's what he was saying, they do house rap, not Hip House. So it's a thousand ways. Yeah, you can, it's, it's, it's a it's, thousand ways you can explain hip, hip house and house rap and rap house and you, you even said you heard some club rap, right? Yeah. I mean, so it, that's it like, goes like, on. That's like KC Flight, and um, I mean his his more club rap. That, uh, you know, Planet E. That's more club rap. Don't say club rap. But I mean that's what it, I mean basically basically, it's rap it, house. I, yeah, rap rap house. Rap house. Oh genre. All right. See you guys next time on the Almanac of Rap.